the first thing you come into contact with physically is your clothing. And it should soothe you, it should excite you, it should energize you. Only have things against your body that you love. Wear what you love. Hello and welcome to Also in Pink, the podcast all about lifestyle design, how we live, the clothes we choose, and how we organize our space. I'm your host, Alexandria Lawrence, a certified KonMari consultant and personal stylist. I'm here to guide you on your journey to live a happy, fulfilled life. Every Tuesday, you'll get new insight on what it means to live well, plus actionable tips. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life. Our guest today is personal stylist Carrie Cordero. And yes, Carrie loves clothes. She is on a mission to show people one beautiful outfit at a time, how to dress with purpose and live a life of intention and dreaming, to dress your dreams. We discuss the importance of not saving your best pieces and explore how ADHD is a superpower when it comes to design. And of course, there's nothing bad about being a rebel. All you need to do is rebel well. So, Kerry, welcome. Thank you so much for being here, and I'm delighted to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. Yes, and for everyone listening, Kerry is my official accountability buddy. So we usually chat every two weeks, and I love how we met. We met online several months ago, yes, in a Zoom breakout room. So 2020 is all about those Zoom breakout rooms. And there's the styling community that we're both part of with monthly meetups and webinars. And it was so funny on this occasion, it was just the two of us in this breakout room, which I think surprised us both. But we hit it off instantly and have quite complementary skills. So decided to have our regular chats. You definitely have that wonderful sales mind, which is so key for business. And so here we are. <laughs> it was a wonderful meeting of minds. It was a great morning. <laughs> well, morning for me, because one of the fabulous things about having you as an accountability partner is that you're in the UK. Like, wow. So to meet somebody, you know, so kind of randomly from the UK, somebody who had such an understanding of what I do, because you have your styling background as well, and also had the Conmary training in place and understood how important it is to bring joy to your life and to understand what it is that you want out of your lifestyle was just fascinating. And so I want to say like great luck that we met and that we could understand each other. You could understand me, but you also had a background in marketing and you're very, very specific and goal oriented. And you really focus in on the most important fact was just so amazing to be able to open up and be real and not be afraid to reveal my creative ADHD self to somebody who had such fact-driven talents and skills was really a wonderful, wonderful thing for me. Oh, it's been lovely. I feel so happy to have you in my life, Carrie. I think it's the perfect partnership in a way, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> And yeah, and our chats are mostly productive, although I remember once we did just look at jewelry online, <laughs> but that was fun too. <laughs> and for anyone out there who's working intensely on a project or setting up a business, 
I think it's great having an accountability partner because as supportive as friends and family are, you can't really expect them to be interested in every little detail of your business. Yeah, it's nice to have an entrepreneur friend or even community that you can rely on because otherwise it's a lonely world, isn't it? It is. And also, I think it's great when you have an accountability partner to choose someone, of course, that you have a nice connection with, but also has skills that you lack and vice versa, because you really can both add to the mix instead of kind of bringing the same thing to the table. So I love that about us. Yeah, absolutely. And your background is in sales, really. You got your start in the corporate world in corporate sales. And selling is, of course, a crucial part of running your own business. So what would you say you love most about sales? Oh, that's so interesting. I love two things. I love closing people because it just is so satisfying. (laughs) Yeah, I got it. But then also, I just am so happy to be able to deliver a product or service that I know the person is really going to benefit from and take a lot of pleasure in. As an entrepreneur, I get to offer something that I really believe in, as opposed to working in corporate sales. Of course, you know, you pick a company or an industry that you believe in, but I wasn't always necessarily completely behind the products. So now I get to be heartfelt and sincere and totally about whatever it is that I'm selling. So that's great. That is wonderful. Was it scary to leave your corporate job or you were just really ready? Or how did you feel at that time? I'm a very impetuous person. I work very, very hard and I try really hard. And then I get to a point where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. So I had worked for probably 10 years in corporate sales and had learned and sold and had been very successful, but I just wasn't really happy at it. So I think it was a Tuesday and I just quit. I didn't want to look unprofessional, but I knew that I wasn't going to work anymore. So I just said, I'm done here. And <laughs> here's my two weeks notice. <laughs> I left. They were like, what are you doing? I was, I'm done. <laughs> just thank you very much. <laughs> and you haven't looked back. Yeah. So what drew you to personal styling? Did you know that's what you wanted to go into when you left? Well, I knew that I wasn't doing something that I loved. So I thought, well, what do I love? And I have always loved clothes. Always, always. (laughs) Even when I worked in corporate, I used to give myself an enormous clothing budget every month. People would be shocked. Even as a personal stylist, I kind of worked to buy my beautiful clothes. I just love clothes. And so I knew that if I could start a business around clothing, then I would always be motivated. So I was working in New York City and um, we live in a really sweet town, very close to New York in New Jersey. So I took a certification course at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City and learned how to be a personal stylist. And it was the perfect, perfect business for me. Lots of people are like, I'm going to be a designer. Or you think, I'm going to own a store. So I knew I wasn't cut out to be a designer. And I tried to take the courses for opening up a retail establishment. But I quickly realized that my math skills were so far below the level of what was necessary that I left that decision in the dust. The thing that really appealed to me about being a personal stylist was there was no commercial lease, no insurance, no inventory. 
In New York, there's a very like established set of people and business contacts where people who've worked in the fashion or the garment industry, they all know each other. They have like family, generational contacts. I had not come from that. So I knew that I didn't have the background. I didn't want to do the math. I didn't want to lease. I didn't want to worry about theft. So the idea of having a business based on clothes and relationship selling and offering a service that made people really happy was just perfect for me. I chose a business that worked for my skill set. And that's the ideal way to do it, really, with making people happy at the center of it. I think that's a great core value. It is, yeah. And I didn't realize that that was the core value until later. What do you think the benefit is of hiring a personal stylist? When you have a stylist in your life, you have somebody who has an artistic eye, who has your best interests at heart, and who wants you to look beautiful and feel irresistible in your clothes. When you have a personal stylist who's creating outfits for you, you know, your skin is your body's most intimate place. When when you have a stylist who's there making sure that the textures and the colors and the fit are of you and perfect for you and are beautiful for you, there's just a, a magic that happens in your life. You get to walk into the world feeling irresistible, confident, optimistic. Oh, I love that. Walking into the world feeling irresistible. Who wouldn't want that, right? Um, My two words are irresistible and fascinating. Oh, I like that. Yeah, something I found fascinating that came up in one of our recent chats, this was in a design context, and you mentioned to me that you have ADHD, and I think we were looking at Apple Podcasts together, and you were saying that it felt like there was just too much information to easily understand the interface. And you made me realize how valuable it is to have someone with something like ADHD in the design world, because design at its best should be simple and instantly understandable. You're in very good company since there are famous entrepreneurs with ADHD like Richard Branson and the founder of IKEA. And studies have shown that people with ADHD are three times more likely to own their own business, which I think is fascinating. Are you aware of any of that? I think I knew about Richard Branson. I didn't know that ADHD people are attracted to entrepreneurialism. That's fabulous. I also read somewhere that entrepreneurship fits perfectly with the ADHDers' need for stimulation and a willingness to take risks as well. So how do you feel ADHD has helped you in your life as an entrepreneur? How has it helped you with your business? Oh my goodness. Oh, so much. Really, really has. So as an ADHDer is what I call myself. (laughs) So when you grow up with ADHD pre-medication, right now, lots of people take medication. So I don't know how that's going to affect them as they turn into adults. My son has ADHD also, and he takes the medication. I did not. And you realize once you become a little more self-aware that you have to do things many times. I know I have to do things three times before I am capable of doing them in public. I work extremely hard to get anything done. So ADHD people have incredible work ethics because they have to. You can spend a lot of time failing or um, embarrassed because people don't understand uh, your brain is working differently and 
you're going to get there, but you're not going to get there in their time frame or according to their methods. Your brain works differently. So ADHDers work very hard, which of course is part of being an entrepreneur. We have to always look for alternative solutions, and that's absolutely part of having your own business. So we're very good at looking for another way to do something. We love to work whenever we want, and we don't like to be told what to do. So I would venture to say that we're not the easiest people to work with, so we're really good working alone. (laughs) I imagine going back to work now and thinking, I don't want to work with anybody else. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. And nobody wants to tell me what to do either. (laughs) I think that ADHD is not really understood. I think part of it is being a very creative thinker. Like we think in circles, I say. We don't think line by line. So I think there's a vast untapped well of creativity in the ADHD world that the regular world could be studying, taking advantage of, getting into. Yes, that could benefit from hugely, really. So you're redefining your styling business at the moment, zhuzhing things up a bit, and dressing for your dreams. So you have this dress your dreams card game, which is how potential clients begin their journey with you. And I believe it's inspired by tarot cards. So tell me more about that. Oh my gosh. So exciting. I have been fascinated by card games, tarot, feng shui, ancient Chinese medicine, just really going down into a place where things are just more about your essence and your spirit and your experience of things and your energy. And I have to say that's been one of the gifts of, as I call it, the plague. (laughs) Actually, with ADHD, I have to hold on very tightly. And coming home and staying home allowed me to let go of that grip and just let creativity flow and be alone in my office in front of textbooks and computers and editing this card game. So it's been fantastic to be just head down in this process. So they tell you when you develop a personal style business, you should raise your rates based on some formula. And some people will say, you're giving so much and you're not being paid for it. So that's the moment for some people when they say, oh, my service is worth more, I'm going to raise my rates. Some people say, raise your rates when you have a full client list and you don't have any more time. So you raise your rates then. I raised my rates over the years based on the value that I brought to the table. So you start out by trying to get as many clients as you can, and then you have a full roster, and then your expertise builds, and then you raise your rates. And then all of a sudden I realized I couldn't raise my rates enough to pay for what I supplied to the client. There was no more market for the amount of value I provided in New Jersey. I think maybe if I lived in New York or LA, maybe Houston, some really, really big style cities where people really dress and they spend a lot of money. Because what I was providing was that human touch, that human element, and I couldn't charge for that anymore. And I went back and I thought, well, the thing that I'm really good at providing is this caring and this empathy and this ability to teach people how to be fascinating as they go out into the world. So how can I monetize that part? So I made the cards. I took some training in a system called fashion feng shui. It creates a language around delivering personal style, color, pattern, shape, fabulous outfits for people who want to be seen as themselves. It's a way of going back into the spirit of the person and providing personal styling starting from that point. 
instead of starting it from the point of these are principles of design and we start from here. It's about going to the person's spirit and dealing these cards based on personality, based on values, based on talents, based on lifestyle, based on your dream. So you deal the card to the person and you say, so what is your dream? And they tell you and you hand them the card and it's part of an element. And, you know, so it might be like water and then it lets the creativity just flow and lets the person begin to think about who they are. And, you know, you give them a little bit of description of water and you say it's deep and creative and there's a bit of mystery to somebody who has a lot of water element and they tell you whether or not that feeling resonates with them. So you give them the water card and then you tell them, well, water is associated with dark colors, flowing garments, gauzy fabrics, a loose fit on the bottom and a tighter fit on the top. And so you dress their dreams by keying into their true selves and then using the principles of art and design to create beautiful outfits. And it's, it's so satisfying. They want to be seen. They want to be fascinating. And that's what the cards deliver. It's incredible to watch people's eyes light up. And it's fun. I want to have fun. <laughs> Don't we all? That sounds wonderful. Yes, I'm uh, ready to have my cards read myself. <laughs> Imagine if you live the life you really want. You know, your dream life. Have you ever taken time to picture what it would look like? I mean, what it would really look like? We're not talking about the life you feel you should have, but deep down, the life you secretly want. Your ideal life. Maybe you already have a vision. You wake up after a good night's sleep on the most comfortable mattress ever, with pillows that support your head just the way you like. You go to your organized closet and choose colorful, unique clothes that fit you and make you feel good. Then pad through a clean, warm, uncluttered home to the kitchen. Your refrigerator offers up the most delicious, healthy options for breakfast. And you have a day of unstructured time stretching ahead of you to do with as you like. But... That's never going to happen, right? Wouldn't it be nice to take a step back, sweep aside all your worries, and imagine that's where I come in? I'm your host, Alexandria Lawrence, and I've developed an exclusive questionnaire for the Also in Pink community to help you create a vision of your ideal life. Simply join the Also in Pink email list and you'll get instant access to our Ideal Lifestyle Vision questionnaire. Go on then. Make a cup of your favorite tea or whatever floats your boat. Go to alsoinpink.com and click start now. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life. You touched on this a little bit earlier, but would you say that you've had a lockdown realization that's changed your perspective or your priorities? Oh yeah, so much. I realized a couple things. First of all, I'm a mom of an 11 year old boy with ADHD. So, you know, I had always worked and had my own business and well, I, I was homeschooling him and I was cooking for everybody and I've had to do so many other things, you know, for the family that we never had to do. So I'm the caretaker here. And all of a sudden I had no time for something that I loved, but wasn't 
my family. And I made a choice. I chose my family. You know, I wasn't making much money as a personal stylist in a pandemic. Well, I have to say it was a heartbreaking decision, but it wasn't a hard decision. You know, I kind of had to do what I had to do. And here in the U.S., something happened in the fashion industry. They started making unemployment available to gig workers in New York in the fashion industry. Gig workers are people who work for Broadway and backstage at Fashion Week and behind the scenes and Market Week. And they do a lot of the support for the creative things that go on in New York. So suddenly we could get unemployment. So the day I filed for unemployment and realized that I was actually going to get some money again, I was going to be, you know, making some money. Even through unemployment, I started crying because I realized that my business was so important to me. And you know, you walk away from something that doesn't make money in a pandemic because you have to do other things, but to have it kind of come back was so enormous. I realized that my heart and soul is in my business. It came to me how important my business is. And it also made me realize I love my family. I love to be around them and I love to take care of them. I really get a lot of pleasure out of that. So it was okay to do that. It's hard. It's very hard to do that stuff. It's much harder to do that stuff than work. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> So that was the realization. Also that, this is a Virginia Woolf quote, a woman needs 500 pounds a year in a room of one's own to write a novel. And I realized that I needed an office badly and quickly. I needed an office. I needed time and space to be alone. And I needed to keep on doing something for myself when I could. The pandemic showed me that it's very important, whoever you are, whatever your role is in your family or your work or the balance of that, you really need some space to call your own. And, you know, I have a master's in English literature from many years ago, and I realized, ah, yes, Miss Virginia Woolf was right. You need 500 pounds a year and a room of one's own to be successful. That is certainly true, creating that space for yourself however you can in your life. And all the better if you can devote an entire room to it. I think it's important for everyone to have their own space, however small it is, you know. And your space is lovely. We worked on Zoom angles, the best Zoom angle for your space. That was quite fun. And you helped me, Conmarie, I can't say it, Conmarie, my you helped me conmari my space. You really did. One of our sessions, you looked through the Zoom camera and you said, no, you should move that over there and you should declutter that there and get those pictures out of the way. And you helped me balance myself in my room and on Zoom. It was a great session. <laughs> I know we've covered so much territory, so much ground with our calls. We have. We really have. I was very grateful for that call. Oh, that was fun. I enjoyed it too. <laughs> Would you say that you have any kind of lifestyle philosophy or mantra that helps you hashtag live your best life? Hashtag wear what you love. Yes. Don't save your good stuff for never is another one. Dress your dreams is another one. It's so important. Your skin is your first experience of the world around you. Before you do anything in your day, you have a feeling of how you are in the world against the things that you come into contact with. After you leave your bed, your bedding, the first thing you come into contact with physically is your clothing. And it should soothe you, it should excite you, it should energize you, it should deepen your experience and allow you to create 
It should not itch. It should not scratch. Colors affect your mood. Only have things against your body that you love. Wear what you love. That's such a powerful statement. And it really does bring life to your clothes, literally, when you think of it like that, too. And get your heirloom jewelry out, you know, 24 karat gold that was passed down to you from a special grandmother that has huge, real gemstones in it and wear it, wear it. The energy of it, the love that person had for you is in that piece. The beauty of a 24 karat gold piece of jewelry, there's great vibes coming out of it and you should have it next to you. Wear your best. Don't save it for never. I love it. And I got some home shopping network vibes too. I feel like we could sell some stuff on this podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm a sale. <laughs> You're marketing. You get it. We've come together. <laughs> so would you say that you had a strong sense of style from an early age? <laughs> yes. <laughs> My mother will attest to this. So when I was seven or eight, she bought me a pair of yellow gauchos. I won't tell you the decade. It was a time of gauchos and yellow and bell bottoms and, you know, butterflies. And she wanted me to wear yellow gauchos. And I was like, that is the ugliest thing I have ever seen. And I'm not wearing it. We used to fight over the yellow gauchos. We would go on trips and I would leave them home and she would be furious at me because, you know, I would bring a t shirt and my favorite slouchy corduroy jeans. And I thought that was cool. And it was cool, but not according to my mom. And she was still in charge of dressing me. She would say that I went to Catholic school because I needed a better education. But what I remember was I was sent to Catholic school. So I would wear a uniform and we would stop fighting about our clothes. Oh. So I have always had an opinion <laughs> about what to wear. So yes, from an early age, I knew that some things were right for me and some things were not. When I was 15, my brother got all dressed up. He thought he was super cool and cute. And he was going out to meet the girls. He had on a polo shirt and his favorite jeans and his dock siders, but he didn't have a belt on. And I looked at him and I said, Michael, God gave you belt loops. Wear a belt. He was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, of course. He went upstairs and he got his braided leather belt on. <laughs> that paints a vivid picture. It really does. <laughs> So when did you feel like you could really embrace your true personal style then? I always wore what I loved. Even in Catholic school, I pushed my knee socks down. I wore argyles. I had a certain way of doing my hair. You know, I always found a way to be personally expressive in my clothing. Always. That's great. Yeah. So you think that's something everyone can do then, even if they feel like they're not in a place, whether their parents are kind of <laughs> controlling of their style or whatever else might be affecting it? Do you think we can all rebel a little bit and uh, express ourselves? Absolutely. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what kind of clothing, all right, except for the military, where you really do have a very strict dress code and there's just no compromising there. But in almost all situations, you can find some way of putting something on in your outfit that is expressive of who you really are. It could be a necklace. And, you know, if you're allowed to wear a necklace, it could be gold or silver. You get to choose. Personal style is about making a choice. And I think choices are very powerful, not just in the world, but within you. If you made a choice, you have made a difference in your own life. So even if it's just a choice of the color of socks, or whether to wear silver or gold, or to go to a vintage store and rifle through clothes until you find 
a piece that's inexpensive and in a color that really, really just turns you on and makes you feel good and makes you ready to go into your day. You can always do something to choose to wear what you love. Yes, we all have a choice with all aspects of our lives, really. So embrace your power and choice. And speaking of Catholic school, confession time, would you say that you've had a fashion fail ever or a style fail? Oh, constantly. (laughs) Constantly. Um, So I am a rebel. It was really interesting that you used that word. And I think that my clients are attracted to me because I am a rebel and people are afraid to be rebellious. So if they can have somebody in their life that will rebel for them or with them in a very educated and expert kind of a way, people love that. That's a big part of why people want me in their life. Part of my rebellion as a stylist is to say, it is totally perfectly okay to make mistakes about your outfit every single day and laugh about them. It's an opportunity to take yourself lightly. Every single day I make a mistake in my outfit. And, you know, you can either change it, you can laugh at it, you can learn something about yourself. Like, why did I wear that crazy Pepto-Bismol pink St. John jacket? I look awful. Dude, just the other day, my husband told me I look like a bad grandma in my outfit. He was like, what? Why are you still in that outfit? You look terrible. (laughs) You're I know, you're right. But... And I wonder, why did I wear this? And I thought, it's because I really like to rebel in this St. John jacket. It's crazy weird, a little ugly. But yeah, I didn't rebel well. And, and I did not rebel well that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Rebel well. <laughs> so in my Dress Your Dream cards, I am a water. I'm attracted to that kind of energy and that element. And I like flowing clothes. I like a little bit of mystery, but I like to rebel. And that's part of choosing that water card in the card game. I get to be a rebel. And part of the game is to let yourself see yourself and accept yourself. I want people to see who they are on the inside and then dress their dream, dress who they really are. But I also want them to see that they're good. And there's nothing bad about, you know, being a rebel. It's just knowing you're a rebel and then rebelling well. Yes, I love that. Rebelling well. I think uh, we all need more of that in our lives. I think we do. And even if we need someone like you to help us do that, if we can't do it ourselves. And do you have a vision for what your ideal life looks like? We've talked a lot about ideals in this and kind of getting into your true essence. So... I have to say, I took your lifestyle questionnaire on your website and it's brilliant. The questions are really, they're to the point, but they still allow for creativity and a little bit of meandering into, you know, like the dreamy place where you come up with your ideals and you allow yourself to dream. So your lifestyle questionnaire is is brilliant. As you say, quite brilliant. Really quite brilliant, really. Really, really quite brilliant. (laughs) So when I took it, I realized that I'm living a lot of my ideal lifestyle. I'm with my people. I have a really, really sweet, pretty home that's cozy and beautifully decorated. The systems run really well. Like, you know, the heat always works. You can always open the windows. (laughs) There's nothing like dodgy about the house. So I'm living a bit of my ideal lifestyle. 
my husband and my kid are really awesome people. I really enjoy their company. So that's, you know, part of my ideal lifestyle. I would love to take all of that and move it to Paris. Oh, I don't know really what it's like to live in Paris, but maybe the south of France, you know, near the lavender fields, outside of Lyon. I would love to live en France and experience their culture and their beauty and food, clothes. That's where my dream is. Oh, that's wonderful. And uh, yeah, selfishly, I hope you do that as well, because you'd be closer to me too in London. So what's your top tip for living well? So my top tip for living well is to laugh, is to go lightly, is to laugh at yourself. You know, like, it's easy to get hurt by people around you. It's easy to be disappointed in events. It's easy to get frustrated. But if you can laugh at those things, not, you know, laugh with malice, but laugh with, you know, a sense of graciousness or a sense of openness at what life throws at you. Things go much easier and it's funny and you get to laugh. And I love to laugh. <laughs> I do too. I know. I think our, our whole accountability buddy thing wouldn't work at all if we didn't laugh. <laughs> You're totally right. You're totally right. Because it would be like, oh no, the connection's not working. Oh no, this is very serious. We would just, we just laugh. <laughs> and what's the best way for listeners to connect with you and have more carry in their lives? So I started my new website and it's just launched yesterday and it's called style and self-expression. You write out the word and. So style, A-N-D, self-expression.com. There's a style survey that you can take that I'll get back to you with your results. And you can get a little carry in your inbox if you do that. You can sign up for the newsletter. I'm going to give concrete style tips and techniques based on principles of art and design and encourage people to think about who they really are and how to self-express. So it's a creative little portal. And if you go there and you just sign up, I'll be there waiting for you. <laughs> yes, literally waiting. Literally waiting. <laughs> Need someone to rebel with. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we've reached the finale. Yeah, I have some quick fire questions for you to end the show. Okay, I'm really enjoying it. So go for it. <laughs> Excellent. So what's your most treasured possession? And of course, no judgment. Oh, my most treasured possession. There's so many. I have so many treasures. My most treasured possession. I don't possess it. It's my people. It's my husband and my son. It's really my people who are around me. And I don't possess them, but they're my treasures. Oh, that's lovely. And here's one which might either be hard or very easy. What's your favorite article of clothing or accessory in your current wardrobe? My favorite, so jewelry technically is not an accessory. Nobody knows that except us. Oh, tell us more. Tell us more. Tell us more, Carrie. <laughs> so jewelry is technically a separate item in your wardrobe. And I have a piece of jewelry that my husband gave me. It's beautiful, beautiful heart. He's not a big jewelry giver. It's just not what he does. He takes care of me every single moment of the day. But he gave me this heart. It was by a local jewelry designer here in Maplewood. And it's got sapphires. It's got a diamond in it. It's got a ruby. And it's set in this beautiful, fine gold heart-shaped setting. The chain is very delicate. And the heart has got some weight to it. So the combination of those two different scales and weight is just very satisfying to me when I wear it. And the fact that he gave me that is just so incredible. 
we had been through a tough time together. He had been unemployed for a long time and he's the main wage earner. And when he went back to work, his first bonus, he bought me that heart. And it was so phenomenal. And now that I'm thinking of it, I have to go upstairs and put it on and I have to wear my best and not save it for never. And where do you go to get inspired? Oh my gosh. There's a consignment store down the road for me and she gets really high-end pieces in there and low-end pieces. And I just go in there in the afternoons, especially in the winter when it gets dark early. And I just touch the clothes and I go through the racks. I pick things up. I look at them. I try them on. There's no pressure to buy. I, I get my eyes around color and fabric. And the woman, she's very wise. She's like an older kind of sage. So she gives all of us ladies in town good advice. And I just get so inspired. It's a little space out of time and trouble that I get to experience. Beautiful. And what's one book or resource you'd recommend for everyone? I guess as an ADHD person, I read so much and I look at so much and things don't always stick. And also because I'm such an individualist and a little bit of a rebel, I think that everybody has their own favorite and they have like something that works for them the best. I will tell you that a phenomenal book to read, if you haven't read it, is The Velveteen Rabbit. It's my childhood favorite. I got my first copy when I was five, and it's about becoming real and how you kind of have to live your life and get a little dirty and get through hard things before you get to the end. And, and it's a wonderful, wonderful story. And if you don't want to read it, you can listen to it. Meryl Streep does the audiobook, and it's Ooh. magical. So. The Velveteen Rabbit is my recommendation. Oh, I love that book too. I haven't read it for years, so maybe I need to listen to Meryl. She can read it to me. Incredible. (laughs) And what are you grateful for? There's a very KonMari question for you. I'm grateful for sunlight. I really am. It cheers me on every single day. And when the sun doesn't come out, I get really, really moody and kind of mean. Not in like a poetic, oh, I'm so grateful for the sunlight. No, no, really, when the sun comes out, everything's better for me. And I am very grateful. (laughs) Well, maybe you don't want to move to the UK then, because the sunlight is not something we always have. (laughs) Yeah, no, all right, I'm going to the south of France. Yeah, good choice. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, what do you love most about life? I love chocolate. I love sleeping. (laughs) I love beautiful clothes. (laughs) I love my friends. I love to laugh. Well, Carrie, thank you so much. It's been an immense pleasure having you on the show and talking about being irresistible, being fascinating and rebelling well. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And I loved the opportunity to try to take all my verve and craziness and be more focused about it and intentional. So you inspired me to do that. Thank you. Distill it all in a podcast. Lovely. Well, hope you enjoyed that chat with personal stylist Carrie Cordero. Be sure to check out the full episode page. You'll see some fun styling pics and there's a link to Carrie's new website. Curious to try her dress your dreams card game? Go on then. So here are some key takeaways from our conversation. When it comes to clothing, jewelry, and accessories, don't save your best. Wear what you love and find a way to express yourself through style. After all, style is all about making choices. 
You can explore who you are through what you choose to wear. Decide if yellow gauchos are right for you. And if you want help reimagining your style, hire a personal stylist to dress your dreams. And the design world can learn a lot from ADHD. You could even say ADHD is a design superpower that helps cut through unclear, overcomplicated design. And if you are an ADHDer, have you ever considered being an entrepreneur? You know you'd be in good company. So get out there, be irresistible, be fascinating, and of course, rebel well. That's our show then. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Alexandria and this is Also in Pink, the podcast all about lifestyle design. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to Also in Pink wherever you get your podcasts. And the absolute best way to show your support is to write a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. This really helps more than anything to promote the show. And of course, tell all your friends. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, have a wonderful week. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life.